You are joining Dr. Gary Crow presents audio tidbits for opinion, learning, and just for fun. Gary is a retired human services administrator, author, trainer, and speaker who is joined by the podcasting team to bring you perspectives, tips, and insights about people doing their best to do their best for others. The team mixes their tidbits with music from Kevin McLeod and special segments just for fun. Please relax and enjoy. I'd like to share with you a point that expands our understanding of how to matter. This particular point comes in multiple steps. And the thing that I would like to say up front is that the very last step is one that taken by itself is something with which you might have difficulty agreeing. Even so, I think that it becomes more compelling when we put it in the context of the steps or segments or points that lead up to it. It's kind of an argument in multiple parts that if you by the steps in the argument, you're probably going to find the conclusion acceptable. Alternatively, if you were only presented with the conclusion, you might want to raise an eyebrow. You might find it a little suspect. So, with that pre-warning, here we go. Step one relates to expectations we hold for other people. These expectations are something that all parents understand and would fully accept. I think the important thing is that they also apply to coworkers, to friends, to subordinates in work situations, and to other people with whom we have important relationships. First expectation is the expectation that other people will succeed. I think we seldom have the expectation that people we know, people that we work with, people that we share our lives with are going to fail. We expect them to succeed. So the expectation is that other people succeed. We also expect them to do things correctly. We don't expect them to make a lot of mistakes. We don't expect them to do things in a sloppy, haphazard kind of way. We expect them to focus and to do things correctly. Parents expect this from their children. We expect it from our coworkers. We expect it from our subordinates. The point is that along with expecting people to succeed, we expect them to do what they do correctly. The third expectation is a supportive expectation for the other two. We expect other people to give things that they do, things that are important to them, things that are important to us, if you will. We expect them to give things their best effort and do not expect them to half-do things. We don't expect them to take a ho-hum kind of attitude toward things. We don't expect them to start things and stop. We expect them to give their best effort and to follow through. So clearly then, we expect people to succeed. We expect them to do things correctly. And in the process of succeeding and doing things correctly, we expect that they will indeed give things their best effort. 
Based on our expectations, then, we are surprised when people make mistakes, when they do not give things their best effort, when they do not succeed. This is true with parents. This is true for our co-workers. This is true for our subordinates. Since we expected them to give things their best effort, we expected them to succeed. We expected them to do things correctly. It's surprising to us and, yes, indeed, disappointing to us if they make mistakes, if they do not do things correctly, if they do not succeed. Thus, our expectations come in conflict with reality. What we expected and what we observed did not fit together. It was not a good fit. That is then the issue that we need to deal with. How do we handle it when those people that we care about, those people that we work with, those people that we're responsible for in work situations and in other environments do not meet our expectations? The next step in this thought process is one that may at first be difficult to take. But let's go back to the relationship between parents and their children. They accept responsibility when their children do not do well. They accept the responsibility to help them try harder, to figure out what happened. They focus on their responsibility for causing the issue or at least not preventing the behavior or non-performance. The same thing then, I think, should apply if we are truly interested in making a difference, if we truly want to matter to other people, uh, to our employment situation, to our families. If making a difference makes a difference to us, we need to begin then to think in terms of assuming some responsibility when other people make mistakes, when they do not th do things correctly, when they are reflecting half-hearted performance, when they are not succeeding. We need to accept some shared responsibility for the non-success of other people. And even though our first reaction might be to say, you know, it's not my business, it's not my problem, it's not my issue, the reality is, if what we want to do is to matter, we want to make a difference, then we need to take a helpful, supportive, it's we're in it together type of approach with other people to the extent that we reasonably can in any given situation. We need to take shared responsibility both for the success of other people and for their failures, for their strengths and for their shortcomings, for the times when things go well for them and those times when they do not. It's something we do because we want to matter and we want to make a difference. The question, of course, is then, how do we go about accepting responsibility? How do we go about sharing responsibility for the shortcomings, for the deficiencies, for the non-success of others? It may be a little difficult to handle, but our first take has to be that we have not been smart enough, clever enough, 
persistent enough, insistent enough, that we haven't done enough, thought about it enough, helped enough in order to prevent the difficulties, in order to facilitate the success of the other person. When we do that, then, we are taking shared responsibility. We're saying that along with their not having done well enough, we also have not done well enough. We have not been able to identify the difficulties. We have not been able to identify the deficiencies and certainly have not been able to introduce corrective actions, corrective elements in the environment. We haven't been able to do what was necessary to help the person move past the poor performance toward better performance from non-success to success. Then what is it that we need to do? We need to stop and think about how we have handled the situation in the past, how we have related in the past, how we have tried to intervene in the past and understand that those things will not work. One of the things that I think that was Einstein who said that the height of insanity is thinking that doing the same thing over again will get you a different result. And at some point we need to understand that the same old approach, the same style, the same kind of intervention, the same kind of support that did not work in the past is not going to work in the future. What we need to do then is to stop and think, develop a new strategy, talk with the other person about what we've done in the past and how we've tried to be supportive, how we've tried to matter, how we've tried to make a difference, be honest about the fact that it hasn't worked, and then explore with them alternative ways of interacting, alternative ways of supporting. If we're able then to develop a new strategy, a new approach that we use, a new understanding of how to matter with respect to that particular individual, things will likely most of the time get better. Sure, sometimes they won't. Sometimes it doesn't make any difference what you do. It's not going to get better. Most of the time, though, if we give it our best effort, the outcome will be positive for both us and for the other person. Thanks for joining us for Dr. Gary Crow Presents Audio Tidbits. To get in touch, email Gary at GaryCrow.net. Visit www.GaryCrow.net for more tidbits and ways to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. We'll talk again soon. Music by Kevin McLeod.